Welcome to the Truth and Godliness Podcast, where we seek to be a voice for sound doctrine and biblical Christianity. Here is your host, Pastor Brian Evans of 5.7 Community Church in Detroit, Michigan. Well, hello and God bless you. And thank you for tuning in once again to the Truth and Godliness podcast with your host, Pastor Brian Evans. Today, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to take a break from my normal uh, series of episodes that I've been doing in Christian doctrine. And I want to talk about the subject today of Christian marriage, particularly on the subject of why Christian marriages are struggling and how can Christian marriages improve? Now, um, I felt it important to tackle this subject because I've been noticing in recent years that it seems, especially with younger Christian couples, that marriage is becoming increasingly more difficult. And you're hearing more and more talk about divorce and you're just seeing more uh, unhappiness and discontentment, uh, anger and bitterness and um, instability within Christian marriages. And, and, um, and, and let me say, on the one hand, it's normal for, for Christians to struggle in marriage. Marriage is hard regardless of your age, regardless of what generation or time you're living in, marriage is difficult for everybody. Um, However, as Christian people, we have been given teaching from the Word of God on the purpose of marriage, the nature of marriage. We've been given teaching from the Word of God about the roles of Christian husbands and the roles of Christian wives and God's word is all wise and it is it it is spiritual and it is truth and if we follow God's word it should always lead to blessing and peace and so i think it's really concerning that um marriage is becoming increasingly hard for christian people because we are the ones who have God's truth. And even though Christians are not beyond the point of struggling within their marriage, um, we should have a certain amount of peace and, and we should be a light to the world. Uh, as a matter of fact, as, as I'm going to talk about, marriage is meant to be a picture of the relationship of Christ and his church. It tells us that in Ephesians chapter five, that that the that marriage is a is a profound mystery of Christ and His church. the The relationship of the husband to his wife should be a picture to the world of the relationship of Jesus Christ to His church. And so, when Christian marriages are bad, and when Christian marriages fail, then we are sending a bad message to the world about the relationship of Christ and his church. Or matter matter of fact, should I say, we are sending a false message. If if the world is supposed to look at 
Christian marriages and see a picture of Christ and his church, then when Christians have bad marriages, we're sending a false message to the world. And so this is important. This is something that uh, we should talk about uh, and be willing to address. And what I want to do is uh, I want to give some biblical principles about marriage for consideration. And let me highlight that um, I, I ask that if you are married or if you are considering marriage and if you are listening to this podcast episode, then I ask that you would just hear uh, what I'm saying and that you would consider it in the light of Scripture. Because I can tell you now, I'm going to say some things that um, some people might find offensive. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say some things that some people may get upset with. Um, I'm going to say some things that are not really popular in our day and time to say. But again, the question is, as Christian people, do we want um, marriage to be what we want it to be or and what we think it should be? Or do we want to honor God in our marriages? Do we want to please God? Do we want to obey the will of God in our marriage? And if we want to please God, if we want to follow his will and please him in our marriages, then we have to consider what the word of God says. And we need to test our assumptions and presuppositions up against God's word. And so I'm just asking, I ask that you would listen to what I'm what I'm saying. Uh, uh, take a look at these passages of scripture and and just think about these things and pray over these things. Um, um, that's all I can ask, ask you to do. But before I um, before I really jump in, I want to give you some pre considerations. I want to give you a, a, a few things to really think about and consider. First of all, let me say this. I think that Christians today must be willing to examine their presuppositions about marriage and about the marital roles of husbands and wives. What do I mean by presuppositions? Presuppositions are things that we assume prior to engaging in a, uh, an event or whatever. So a presupposition, a presupposition is a belief or an assumption that I have that I bring to the table. So before we get married, we all have presuppositions. We all have things we assume about marriage, things that we assume about what a husband should be like and what a, 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 a wife should be like and what a good marriage should look like. Oftentimes we have these presuppositions um, that we just kind of pick up as we go in life. Our presuppositions come to us based upon things that we just learn from observing our parents observing our grandparents or observing other married couples in our community 
things that we hear being said all the time um, or just images of marriage that we get from watching television. But nevertheless, we, we we observe and we take in all of these ideas and these assumptions from the time that we were children. And then we go into marriage with these presuppositions in our mind, not realizing that our presuppositions a lot of times are not really thought out. They've never really been ex- examined in the light of Scripture. And, and really, that's true of a lot of things that we believe. There's a lot of stuff that we believe about reality. There's a lot of stuff that we believe about life, whether it comes to, to politics, whether it comes to our understanding of, of Christianity. You know, a lot of us are, are Republican or Democrat because we were raised Republican or Democrat. A lot of us are Baptist or Church of God in Christ because we were raised Baptist or Church of God in Christ. We've never sat down and examined our presuppositions. We've never really sat down and tested what we believe and why we believe it. And the same is true with marriage. And so uh, I would like to just put this out there for consideration. If you are really trying to understand why Christian marriages are struggling today and what can be done to improve Christian marriages, you have to be willing to submit your presuppositions to some scrutiny, to examine your assumptions about marriage. Where do you get these ideas from? The ideas that you have about how a marriage should work, the, the ideas that you have about what a husband should do, and the, the ideas that you have about what a wife should do. Where do you get your assumptions from? And so we must be willing to consider and examine why we believe what it is we believe about marriage. Again, here's something that we need to remind ourselves of. God alone is the one who defines marriage and marital roles, the marital roles of husbands and wives. God is the one. Think about this. Marriage is God's institution. Marriage is God's institution. God is the one, and we see it in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. And then Paul gives us a New Testament interpretation of it in Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to consider some of those passages today. God is the one who defines marriage. We don't get to define it. We don't get to say, okay, this is what I want my marriage to be like. This is what I think uh, marriage should be. And this is the kind of husband that I want, or this is the kind of wife that I want. I want my wife to be like this. And I think my wife should, should do this for me and do that for me. Based on what? Based on what? God is the one who defines what marriage is, what is its purpose, what is its nature. God is the one who defines what a husband is and what a wife is. Brothers and sisters, a lot of us assume things about marriage that are just not biblical. 
And if we and if and if and if what we assume about marriage is not biblical, where are we getting a lot of this stuff from? And 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 really, brothers and sisters, a lot of the stuff that we believe about marriage today is coming from the culture. It's coming from the surrounding culture, the surrounding American culture. And again, this goes back to some of the stuff that I've been teaching in all of my podcast episodes. We right now are living in the midst of a cultural revolution. Our country, which was once founded on traditional Christian values, our country, which was once built on a traditional Christian worldview, that's no longer the case for our country anymore. Our country has utterly revolted against Christian values and against the Christian worldview. Our country is is secular, it is humanistic, it is godless, it is anti-Christian in its values and in its world's in, in, in its worldview, and it is becoming that increasingly so. And that that involves the way people in our culture view marriage. I mean, just think about it. We're hearing all these debates today about about gender and about sexuality and 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 uh, uh, all of this stuff, all all of these traditional roles, the, the way we traditionally understood love and marriage and sexuality. All of that stuff is being debated and questioned today. Why? Because we live in a culture that no longer believes in truth. We live in a culture now where people are told that you make your own truth. We live in a postmodern culture and we are feeling the effects of that in marriage within our country. Because in our culture today, people are now defining their own truth about what marriage ought to be like and what a husband ought to be like and what a, a wife ought to be like. And, and, and this this battle over truth, uh, uh, this battle against um, um, postmodern thinking and, and all of these questions about identity roles and all of this stuff, Christian people, we're being caught up in this stuff as well. We're being caught up in this stuff as well. And, and one place in which we are seeing it is within the Christian marriage. And so, brothers and sisters, I, I believe that if we if we as Christian people really want to understand why Christian marriages are struggling today and what it is we need to do in, in order to improve Christian marriages, we need to be willing to examine our presuppositions we need to be willing to come to grip with the fact that it is God who defines marriage and who defines roles. And we need to be willing to do some discernment. We need to be willing and, and able to discern when our thinking is being influenced by the culture. Because I believe a lot of the problems we are having in our marriage today stems from the fact that we are being shaped and influenced by the culture in our thinking rather than by the Bible. And so with those preconsiderations in mind, I want to begin to just look at 
um, what I believe is the major reasons why Christian couples are struggling so, so desperately today in their marriages. And here's, here's the main reason, brothers and sisters. Here's the main thing. Many younger Christians today lack a biblical understanding of marriage. Many younger Christians today, they lack a biblical understanding of marriage. They have never done an exhaustive, in-depth study of Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, and Ephesians chapter 5, and 1 Peter chapter 3. Many folks have many many folks have jumped into marriage and they've never submitted to any type of uh, biblical counseling or the biblical counseling was inadequate. But they have never had a a biblical understanding. They they have never had a, 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 a an, an understanding of marriage that is theologically sound and accurate. A lot of younger Christians today come to, 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 to marriage with assumptions that come from the culture rather than the Bible. For instance, most young people today assume that marriage is first and foremost about their personal happiness and their personal fulfillment. And again, I'm not trying to get myself in any trouble here, but this is especially true for a lot of our Christian women because of, of, of a lot of the uh, fairy tale stuff that we see in television. This whole idea that, that, that um, you know, every woman deserves to have this big special wedding and, and there's this Prince Charming out there who's going to come and sweep her off her feet and 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 cater to her and and she's going to have this big beautiful wedding and and she's going to be the envy of the town and and she's going to have the beautiful white gown and be in the big beautiful chapel and and a lot of women they fall in love with the idea of marriage itself more so than really understanding what the real biblical ideal and purpose of marriage is there's there's a, a romanticism uh, about it rather than a realistic understanding of what marriage really is. But again, it's not just the younger women, it's a lot of the younger men as well. But I believe that this is a major problem. Most younger Christians today, just like most of the people in our culture today, they assume that marriage is first and foremost about their personal happiness and fulfillment, which is an assumption that doesn't come from the, the Bible. It's, it's an assumption that comes from culture. And so what happens is, in a lot of marriages today, people put personal happiness and fulfillment as the priority over doing the will of God. One of the main reasons that so many marriages suffer Today And one of the reasons why so many young married couples struggle in their marriage today is because doing the will of God is not the first priority with them. 
their first priority is me being happy and me being fulfilled. And I believe that this is at the bottom of it. And again, I know that this is probably um, something that a lot of people don't want to hear. But again, I'm asking you to hear the whole matter that I'm going to lay out for you and, and give this some consideration. I mean, first of all, what is the purpose of marriage? Let's look at it. Let's look at it from a positive standpoint. Biblically speaking, what is the purpose of marriage? Again, let's let's look real quick at Genesis 1, 26 through 31. Genesis 1, 26 through 31. And it tells us what the purpose of marriage is. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, this passage right here lays the foundation for the biblical idea and purpose of marriage. The Bible said that God made man in his own image and in his likeness. And so man is created, man was created in order to represent and glorify God in the earth. And one of the ways in which man was to represent and glorify God in the earth was by replenishing the earth, filling the earth with people, subduing the earth and having dominion over everything in the earth, thereby building godly civilization all over the world. We call this the cultural mandate. Man was created to be God's image bearers and to exercise dominion over the creation and to create godly civilization, glorifying God in his creation in the earth. And marriage is the institution and the means through which that is to be done. It is through marriage that man is able to replenish the earth. It's through marriage that that godly children are, are, are able to be born into the world and raised up to create godly civilization. Let's look at another passage which, which further elaborates on that. Genesis chapter 2. Verses 18 through 25. Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heaven and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. 
The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heaven and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed, closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. You see what's going on here. Adam is carrying out the cultural mandate. He's down here by himself naming the animals. He was put in the garden in order to keep the garden and watch over the garden. And he was also here naming the animals. But the Bible says that God looked upon uh, Adam in his work and saw that he was alone and he did not have a helper that was fit for him. There were other animals, there were all these animals in the garden, but none of these animals were fit to be the helper that Adam need or to be the companion that Adam needed. And so he created from the man a woman to be at his side and to be his helper. As we, the old King James said, his help meet or a helper fit for him. So when you take Genesis 1, 26 through 31 and Genesis 2, 18 through 25, what you see is that God designed marriage in order that man might fulfill the cultural mandate given by given him by God. Marriage is God's institution and is given as a means for fulfilling God's purpose for this world. God made man in his image in order to subdue and rule over the earth as his representative. And he created the woman to be the man's helper. There's one more purpose that the Bible gives about the role of marriage. And we see that in the New, the New Testament. Paul gives us a New Testament insight into the nature and purpose and role of marriage. And we find this in Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Excuse me. You see what Paul is saying there. Here, Paul is pointing back to the Genesis account that we just read. And he's saying that the reason why a man is to leave his father and mother is in order that he might cleave to his wife so that they become one flesh. This union of husband and wife, this union of the two becoming one flesh, Paul says this is a profound mystery. A mystery in the Bible is a hidden truth. So this is, this is a truth that we would never have figured out on our own. This is something that God had to reveal. And God is revealing to us this that through this 
union of the husband and wife, where the two become one flesh. God is showing to the world a profound mystery, which refers to Christ and the church. The husband is to picture and embody Christ, and the bride, the wife, is to picture and embody the church in a sense. And in that marital relationship of the husband loving his wife and laying down his life for his wife and of the wife respecting in her, uh, her husband and submitting to her husband, the husband and the wife in that marital union is picturing to the world the relationship of Jesus Christ and his church. What this does, brothers and sisters, first of all, it establishes for us and it shows us that marriage is about something bigger than us. Marriage is about something bigger than my own personal happiness and fulfillment. Notice in these passages which talk about the, the nature and, and purpose of marriage, it says nothing there about personal happiness and fulfillment. Don't get me wrong. That does not mean that God wants us to be miserable. The Bible says that God wants us to, to have his peace, his shalom. God wants us to know his peace in every area of our lives. So when I say that the purpose of marriage is not ultimately about happiness and personal fulfillment, I'm not by that implying that marriage is supposed to be miserable. I'm not saying that at all. But again, just keeping things in the proper biblical perspective. We don't go into marriage thinking that our wife or our husband is going to be the means to making us have the happy life that we want. We don't go into marriage expecting our spouse to fulfill us. We don't go into marriage thinking that having uh, the right wife or the right husband and the right children is going to make me somehow feel complete and make my life feel special and wonderful. No, marriage is a divine institution and it's about something bigger than me and bigger than you or bigger than any of us. God created marriage for his sake, for his glory. God created marriage in order that the earth might be replenished and filled with godly children who would grow up and learn to uh, the creation and subdue it and have dominion over it and build godly civilization all over this earth. That's the purpose of marriage. And so the idea that we get from the culture that um, finding a spouse is about finding someone to complete me so that I can be happy. You don't find that in the Bible. You don't find that in the Bible. And it's no wonder, brothers and sisters, that people are struggling so so much in their marriage today because they come into the marriage with this assumption that 
the purpose of this marriage is for my happiness. And so therefore, when there's conflict in the marriage, when there's difficulty in the marriage, when there's challenges in the marriage, then one is tempted to feel as though, okay, something must be wrong with this marriage because I'm not supposed to be having conflict in my marriage. I'm supposed to be happy. And if you're not making me happy, then you must not be meant to be my wife or you must not be meant to be my husband because I'm not supposed to be unhappy. Brothers and sisters, again, that's that thinking comes from the culture. It doesn't come from the Bible. And we have to ask ourselves, we have to ask ourselves as Christian people, are we going to think biblically or are we going to follow the culture when it comes to this? Are we going to think biblically or are we going to follow the culture on this? The reality of the matter is when we expect our spouse to be the source of our happiness and fulfillment, we're placing an expectation upon our spouse that they can't live up to. Because at the end of the day, we're not to seek happiness and fulfillment in a person. We're not supposed to seek happiness and fulfillment in our spouse. First of all, they can't they can't live up to that. They're, they're, they, our husbands and our wives are sinners. My wife, as much as I love her, she is a sinner saved by grace. And she's going to let me down sometimes. And me as my wife's husband, I try my best to love my wife and 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 meet my wife's needs and and to keep her happy as much as I can but guess what I'm going to fail I I fail often as a husband because I'm a sinner saved by grace and I come up short all the time I forget things I shouldn't forget I neglect her sometimes. My mood and my feelings are not the same. They go up and down. I'm not like God. God is the only immutable, faithful, and unchanging God who, who yesterday, today, and forever is always the same and changes not. I am a fallible, mutable human being who is always changing. And so if my wife depends on me for her ultimate happiness and fulfillment, then she's going to be let down. When we look to our spouse as the source of our happiness, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. We must look to God and God alone as the source of our happiness and fulfillment. And don't get me wrong. A good marriage is a great blessing. There's nothing better than having a loving spouse to be with you as your companion to walk through life with you. There's nothing better than that. But at the end of the day, my source and my portion is God. As the psalmist in Psalm 73 said, Who have I in heaven Besides thee, and there is nothing on earth that I desire besides thee. My heart, my strength may fail, 
but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is the strength of my heart. God is my portion forever, not my wife. As much as I love her, God is my portion. And so, brothers and sisters, this, I'm not going to get, uh, uh, get through all of this today. I, 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 I want to talk. I really, I really want to get deep down into, um, what Christian women need to believe and understand in order to see their marriage improve and what Christian men need to believe and understand in order to see their marriage improve. And, and I, I really want to talk about what I see as some of the major faults with a lot of Christian women today and some major faults that I see with a lot of Christian men today as to why marriages are struggling as they are today. But I wanted to lay down these pre-considerations today and then I'll come back um, as soon as possible maybe within a few days, maybe, uh, and, and, and take up um, a specific message to the men and a specific message to the women about some challenges that I see with Christian husbands and wives today and some of the things that husbands and wives need to do in order to see their marriages improve. But I wanted to establish some groundwork here. I wanted to establish the fact that, first of all, we need to ask ourselves, are we going to submit to the word of God? Are we going to submit to God's institution? Are we going to submit to, to, to God's will and bow ourselves to, to what he has ordained and submit ourselves to seeking to please him with regards to how we look at and, and approach our marriages? Or are we going to be like the culture and just look for what pleases us? The Bible told us to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if we see marriage as existing for the purpose of making me happy, and therefore I get angry and bitter and upset at my marriage when it's not making me happy, then I'm thinking like the world when it comes to marriage. And so we need to come to the word of God afresh, willing to examine and scrutinize our presuppositions. And we need to look at the word of God afresh with new eyes and say, Lord, what have what what have you said? What have you revealed about marriage and about the roles of husbands and wives? And again, we we have that laid out for us in Genesis one in Genesis two and in Ephesians chapter five. And what we see there is that marriage is God's institution. It's not something that human beings came up with for our own convenience. Marriage is God's institution. He designed it for his purpose. He designed marriage to be the means through which his will is carried out in the earth. This is God's earth. He made it for himself, for his glory. And it was his will that the earth be replenished with godly offspring 
who would create godly civilization all over the earth to the glory of God. And marriage is the means through which that's done. So when I'm struggling in my marriage, if I'm unhappy with my wife about something or we're, or we're not seeing eye to eye, and if, if, if it's feeling like, man, things just aren't working out between us, my thought is not, okay, you know what, maybe I need to get out of this marriage and, and do something different. No, my thought is, Lord God, you put me in this marriage for your will and for your purpose. And so, Lord God, help me to be the husband that you have called me to be. In other words, marriage is about submitting to God more so than it is about getting my way or getting what I want or getting what I think I deserve. It's about submitting to God for God's will and for God's purpose. All right, brothers and sisters, well, I'm going to leave it there for today. And um, next week, I'm going to get a little more specific about some things husbands and wives could and should do to see their marriages improve and be healthy and God-honoring marriages. Well, and, uh, until we uh, come back in a few days with the uh, rest of this material, have a great and godly week. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. You have been listening to the Truth and Godliness podcast with Brian Evans. To send us a message, drop us an email at bevans at 5.7.org. That's the B Evans at the number five, the word point spelled out, the number seven dot org.